0: Psalm 103. Psalm 103. We talked about last week the fact that if our prayer life is weak, if we don't pray as we ought, if we feel guilty about not communing with the Lord in prayer, the reason is not because we're not disciplined enough. The reason is because we don't believe enough. We pray based on our faith we are saved by faith and we pray by faith we do not ingratiate ourselves to God through works but only by faith and so if we're not praying as we ought it's because we don't believe as we ought so if we want to have a better prayer life it's not a matter of setting aside more time in the morning to pray if we want to have a better prayer life and we realize that our prayer life is lacking then what we should do is build our faith and then we will pray So it's not just a matter of I will do better. It is always the answer is I will believe more. And so what I want to talk about this morning is that if you want to have a healthy prayer life, before we will become good people or good prayer folk, we have to talk to ourselves. And if you don't talk to yourself, you won't pray well. And I want to clarify that that doesn't mean that we're praying to ourselves. But we do have to talk to ourselves. We have to give ourselves pep talks. And in fact, if you or any student of the Psalms at all, you will find that David talks to himself all the time as he's writing in the Psalms. And these Psalms are prayers slash songs. And like I said last week, there's not much difference between a song and a prayer. They are much the same. And so what we will see today in Psalm 103 is that if we want to pray well, these are the steps we need to take. First, we need to believe. We need to talk to ourselves. We need to talk ourselves into our belief. We need to remind ourselves and strengthen our faith through talking to ourselves. So I'll begin reading in verse 1 of Psalm 103. My soul, bless the Lord, and all that is with bless His holy name. My soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget all His benefits. He forgives you all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things and your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He revealed his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows what we are made of. We are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He blooms like a flower of the field. When the wind passes over, it vanishes. His place is no longer known. But from eternity to eternity, the Lord's faithful love is towards those who fear him and his righteousness toward the grandchildren of those who keep his covenant who remember to observe his precepts, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, all of his angels of great strength who do his word obedient to his command. Bless the Lord, all his armies, his servants who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places where he rules my soul. Bless the Lord. The Lord has been very good to you. Today, if it were not for Him, and any joy or pleasure that we have experienced in this life, because the Lord is good to us, there is no end to His mercy, to His kindness, to His goodness toward us, even in the midst of our pain and sorrow. He is with us and working through us to make us more like His Son, and an example to the world that God is faithful, even in the difficult times. And so with that in mind today, that is how we begin to pray. The first thing we need to do when we, if we find ourselves lacking in prayer, again, listen to me, because it's so, it's so messed up. There's, going to be, there's books written about the discipline of prayer. And the more I've thought about it, the more I am absolutely convinced you do not need more discipline. You need more faith first step to that is you need to talk to yourself about God's goodness toward you. Look at how he starts Psalm 103. This entire psalm is David talking to himself. It says, "A psalm of David, my soul bless the Lord. Verse 2, my soul bless the Lord. At the end of it, my soul bless the Lord. He is talking to himself. This entire psalm is for David to remind himself who God is who David is, so that he might praise him and order his days correctly. So for you, for us, we should be like David. And the first thing we need to do is to remind ourselves about God's goodness toward us. We should begin with praise. Before we pray and are in any condition to pray, we we should start with praise. We should start with praise to the Lord. And you should tell yourself... To praise the Lord. <laughs> now I know that sometimes talking to yourself in general is not encouraged. But the Bible happens to encourage it in this circumstance. Tell yourself to praise the Lord. When you find that your soul is downcast. You should talk to yourself. And tell yourself praise the Lord. Every thought, every action, everything that we do should bring praise and glory to God. Whether it is our work, our leisure. Whatever we do is calculated to show the worth and worthiness of of God, and we should remind ourselves of that. And so, you should ask yourself, as the psalmist does, or remind yourself in verse two. He says, "My soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget all His benefits." What are the benefits of the Lord towards you? How has the Lord benefited you? Do you think about it where you are? You used to not. When you first became a Christian, when God first opened your heart to His love, how did it change you? Every day is a joy and a song. But as we grow and we get older and we get further from that day and we grow further from the time when we were lost and forget what it was like to be without God in the world, we forget the gratitude that is owing to Him, we forget the benefits which we should not forget. Free grace and mercy, nothing that you could have ever earned or asked for, has given you abundantly and will give to you abundantly more than you can ever think or dream. I was lost. And as the psalmist puts it, my feet were in the miry pit and he took me and put me on the solid ground. I asked him if he was God and he showed me that he was. He saved me from my trespass and sin. I do not know, I know for sure I wouldn't be here with you today, which is enough in itself to be a heartbreak if he had not saved me. I don't even know if I would be alive. I might be in hell this morning where I so richly deserve to be if he had not extended out of his free grace and mercy salvation and love toward me. That's a pretty good benefit. And there's been a million benefits in between every single day. This is how we should talk to ourselves. Remind yourself. Think about what are God's benefits toward me. Where would I be if it were not for the kindness and graciousness of the Lord? Where would you be? Not just in your life, but the lives of those who have poured into you taught you, discipled you, helped you see the way of truth. All the things, the many millions of things every day that God does because He loves you out of His mercy and grace. What are some things that God has promised to you in His Word? Not just things He has done. There's a million things. I can't even describe if you begin to think about all the benefits of God's towards you, all the touches that God puts in your life all the things to help guide you in the path of righteousness that he gives you over and over and he's moving you through this grace toward a goal. And what is it? What is it that God has promised to you? In the perhaps darkest hour of all humanity, right after our forefather and foremother, Adam and Eve, had eaten the fruit, saw themselves as naked and hid themselves from God, had fallen from their state of innocence into a place of sin. Who pursued them? God did. Where are you? He found them. Of course, he knew where they were all along. And they knew what they had done is wrong, even though they had made their excuses. God said, I will send one who will crush the head of Satan. I will deliver you and your children from their trespass and sin. For what reason? So that they could again have what they had lost. And that is what God is driving us toward. To return us again to a state of complete innocence. Of purity and holiness. So that we might commune with him face to face. These are the promises of God that have been you will wear the crown of life, that you will wear the robe of righteousness, and that you might sit and dine at the table with Jacob, Isaac, and Abraham, with Rebecca, and Sarah, and Leah. We will all gather and sit and eat as a family. We will live forever. We will walk streets of gold. There will be a tree planted by the river of life that bears a different fruit every month, and its leaves will be for the healing of the nations. You could go on and on of the benefits that God has given to you, the promises that he has for you. And every single time we pray, we need to remember that we pray toward that, the healing of the nations, and that we might sit with our family at the supper table of Christ when he finally toasts us and says, I will drink again from the fruit of the vine for all my children are home with me and of all that the Lord gave me of all that my father gave me I've not lost one not a single empty seat his table will be full so think about God's goodness toward you you don't need discipline you need faith remember what God has done for you what he is doing for you And what he has promised to do for you. And through you. We start remembering those things. We begin to be able to pray. So talk to yourself about his goodness toward you. And talk to yourself about God's compassion and mercy. Talk to yourself about that. Paul Tripp once observed this. This is a good quote. Think about it. No one is more influential in your life than you are. Because no one talks to you more than you do. You talk to yourself all the time. What are you talking to yourself about? What goes on in your head? What's your inner monologue? What are you talking to yourself about? Are you rehearsing all your worries, all your cares, all your work all the time, every day? What's going on in your mind? In his book, Disciplines of Grace, Jerry Bridges says it like this. Talking about talking to yourself. If you are not firmly rooted in the gospel and have not learned to preach it to yourself every day, you will soon become discouraged and will slack off in your pursuit of holiness. That's true. So here's some news. This is very difficult. But I want you to listen to me closely. Congratulations. You're all preachers now. Even if you've got an audience of one. Talk to yourself. Preach the gospel To yourself... you wears his love for you when he sees you walk in the room he sees you crowned in the splendor of his own love why would he not listen to your every request every request you make of him he listens because he loves you he's set on your head the crown of love he's given to you the robe of righteousness he has given to you his son And so when you come into the throne room of grace to speak to your father, he listens to you and has compassion on you just as a father does to his children. As he says in this psalm, every single desire of your heart, he wants to hear it. He will listen and he will answer. The Bible says here that his love for us is higher than the heavens. His love for us is higher than the heavens. Higher than the height of heavens. And that he has cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. He doesn't hold our transgressions against us anymore. He remembers that we are dust. He has mercy and compassion on us. And as I said, we should tell ourselves this. God is compassionate and merciful toward me. God is good and kind toward me. God has not only commanded that I pray, he has invited me. Son, come share your heart with me. Daughter, come share your troubles with me. I want to hear about your day, what your plans are and what you want to do. And I will counsel you and advise you and guide you in the way that you should go. So talk to yourself about God's goodness toward you. Talk to yourself about God's compassion. Who you are and who God is. Remember who you are. What does the psalmist say? We're grass. We're here today. We're gone tomorrow. When we're gone, it says here that when the grass withers, when the flower blooms and the petal falls and the flower dies, no one remembers its place. 100 years, 120 years, being generous. No one will know or remember who I am. There might be some records here and there maybe. But no one will know me and nobody will care. That's just how it is. Who's your great-great-grandfather? Do you know a single thing about them? It had not been that long ago. We forget. We don't know. Flower dies and nobody remembers this place. So what is our hope anyways? That the eternal God and Father of the universe doesn't forget. And he keeps us. Remember who you are. But remember who he is. The Bible says here he is God from eternity to eternity. Because he lives forever, we will live forever. We speak to the eternal, sovereign, king God of the universe who has showered us in compassion. And when our place is forgotten here, it will never be forgotten in heaven. We forget, but God doesn't. All our works that we do, people will forget, God won't. Everyone will be in for a big surprise. You don't even remember what you doing. God is eternal. And the reason that our lives have ultimate meaning is because God does not forget a single thing that we do. He doesn't forget who we are, and he would never let that happen because he loves us. So talk to yourself about God's goodness towards you. Talk to yourself about God's goodness and compassion. And talk to yourself about who you are and who God is. And then you'll be ready to pray. And when we pray, praise God. Prayer and praise are twins. You can't really have one without the other. Prayer and praise are twins. Prayer should always begin with praise. It should have praise in the middle and it should have praise for its end. Every single thing we do, we should praise the Lord before we start praying by reminding ourselves of how good and great God is. In the middle of our prayers, as, we, as you are talking to God about the things that you want, desire, about the things which have happened to you, you should be praising God because He's listening. It should be overwhelming. God is hearing me. Everything I'm saying, He's listening and He's taking it seriously. It's not blowing me off. I'm not talking to the air He listens to us and that's marvelous. And by the time we are done with our prayer we should realize everything that I've said I've given over to God. It cannot fail. He will answer me. He may not answer exactly as I like because what I've asked for may not be for the greater good of the kingdom or my soul. But if I put it out to him and he says no, I should rejoice because I've been corrected. He's thought of something better than what I thought of. Can you imagine an eternal, all-knowing God having better ideas than you? Brothers and sisters, when we pray, we're not trying to share with God better ideas than He's already got. You will never pray, Hey God, why don't you do this? And God go, Oh yeah, I didn't think of that. That would be awesome. Never. We pray towards the end of the kingdom of God like, like Children. We don't know everything, but our heart is set on glorifying Christ and being more like Him. And so we ask for things towards that end. If we ask selfishly, we won't get it. Just to build up our worldly goods or distract us from the things of the Lord. So we're asking Him, Lord, do this, please do this. And when we... Finish our prayer, we can be happy and praise the Lord because he's listened, he's heard, and he's answering from the throne. The almighty God of the universe is saying, this is what's going to happen because my son asked me about it. And I'm going to do it. Because my daughter asked me, and I'm going to do it. And not only that. You remember once there was a man named Solomon. The Bible says that God loved him. That That was what it said. Solomon was the... One God loved, and he appeared to him in a dream. Said, Solomon, I love you, son. Ask me for anything, anything you want, and I'll give it to you. Remember the story? Solomon said, Lord, this great people of yours, I'm supposed to lead them. I, I can't. Please give me a wise and discerning heart so I can take care of your people. And the Lord said, what did he say to him? Wow. You didn't ask for gold, riches, long life, victory over your enemies. You asked for wisdom to take care of my people. I'm going to make you the wisest man that ever lived. And I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to give you victory over your enemies. I'm going to give you long life. I'm going to give you every single thing you didn't ask for because your heart Was for my people. He will answer and give to us. Far above and beyond anything we can think or say. There are those who teach. That if we trust in the Lord. We will become rich in this life. And that might be true for you. It was for Solomon. But it might not be. You might not become rich in the things of this world. But you become rich toward God. And you will be rich indeed. Let God answer your prayers. Let God guide your life. You don't know what you want to do. You don't know what you want to be. You don't know how to do. Go to God. He's been rich in kindness towards you. And he will plot a path for your life that will be so unique. We are going to be in heaven one day for a million years. And for every day of that million years, millions, there's no end to our lives in heaven. There will never be a single day that passes where we will not be in awe and marvel for us while we were here in this short, vapor life. Why do you think Jesus said, don't worry. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. God feeds the sparrows. You're worth more than many sparrows. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. He clothes the lilies of the field more splendidly than Solomon was ever clothed. Surely he will take care of you. Jesus was super confident that the Father not only knew your span of days, but every single hair on your head, and that his plans for you are wonderful, wonderful, beyond your imagining. Talk to yourself about these things, preacher. Preach to yourself. Tell yourself, like David in Psalm 103, my soul, bless the Lord. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. My soul, bless the Lord. And do not forget all his benefits. Preach to yourself. Remember his word. Hide it in your heart that you might not sin against him. And when your prayer and praise begins to swell in your heart, you will be able to speak to God and he will hear you from heaven and he will answer your prayers. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we ask this morning that you will make us a praying people, not just by because we've